You are listening to Lubbock Christian University's student-run station and home of Chaparral and Lady Chap Athletics. Thank you for listening, whether this is on 99.1 FM, online at chapradio.com, or later on the LCU podcast. Tonight, we are pleased to bring you the LCU Coaches Show, featuring the two leaders of our men's and women's basketball programs. Joining me in studio to begin is head coach of the women's team here at LCU, Steve Gomez. Coach, thank you so much for joining me today. Appreciate it, Nathan. Yeah, but sure love what you guys are doing. Y'all have put a lot of effort uh, into covering our athletic teams, and it's very much appreciated. Absolutely. Got to give you guys the recognition you deserve, especially during this time of year. Everyone's favorite season is basketball season. And to begin our show today, we'll take a quick look at um, the season as a whole. So your 20th year at LCU here, uh, the Lady Shaps currently sitting 13 and seven overall, eight and four in Lone Star Conference play and currently third in the Lone Star Conference West Division. We mentioned it a lot in the beginning of the season, a brand new team replacing five starters. How are they going? going to gel on and off the court. So taking a look at the whole thing uh, from where we are in the season, how would you say the team has grown together? Yeah, tremendously uh, fun group of girls, uh, incredibly close. I mean, they've grown together very well as far as personalities and gelling and uh, encouraging each other uh, off the court, on the court. You know, we're still hunting really consistency of play. Uh, As you say, it's a newish team. And so the experience together isn't uh, maybe what we've had in the past, but uh, individually, they all bring something special. And uh, once it really sinks in here in the next couple of weeks, it's going to have a great finish because uh, we've seen how good we can be. And we've also seen at times some some of the downs that come when everybody does, isn't at their best. Uh, so uh, at this point of the season, it's time not to be young anymore. Uh, losing all five starters from one season to the next is a tall task for any coach. So looking on your end, on the sideline, what were some of your biggest challenges in the preseason trying to form a lineup prior to the season, and how do you think it's played out to this point? Yeah, a lot of the most interesting part of it has been changing even the way we've played, and we're trying to play a little faster than we have in the past. Uh, We have some quicker transitional guards. We're not maybe as team big. We have some good inside players, but our guards aren't as big as our teams have been in the past few years. And so their mobility has caused us to, to speed some things up. Uh, at the same time, we, uh, uh, we're just looking for that game-to-game uh, consistency of effort and, and mentality. Uh, it, it's been a, a lot of fun. I think we've seen some kids come into their own. Uh, we've had different players uh, have big games at different times. I just think uh, before we really sink into as good as we can be, we need everybody to bring their best every night. And even if it doesn't mean shooting well, it means playing well. And so that's sort of been a big challenge of, of different lineups. As a matter of fact, we've probably started, I don't know how many different lineups. I know probably eight or nine of our players have started a game. So we haven't uh, reached a point of these five are our starters and these five are our subs. Now we're still really finding different opportunities for kids. So uh, it's sort of fun that way. It really keeps everybody on their toes a little bit. Uh, we would like to settle in maybe in the next few weeks into into this lineup, but sometimes it comes down to opponents and what we need. 
You mentioned mentality. It's a great word there to use. And with last year's graduating class, having experienced so much success, I mean, as successful as you can be in college basketball, some of those ladies, what are some of the mentality or what are some of the traits in general that the current players, the returners um, have taken from the likes of an Ali Schulte or an Ashton Duncan in the past? Yeah, I think just the the standard of, of play of uh, – Valuing the little things all the time, every day, and not falling in love with either the result, the win, or the loss, or whether the basket goes in or not. If you have a great possession, you know that's that's when you know you have mature kids when they can see the uh, the value in the smallest details. Uh, and that takes a while, and it takes a while for five people on the court to value those details every time. And whether it's a help defense, getting to offside help. Uh, you know, not running at a non-shooter, if it's setting a great screen. That I think some of those kids that have were here the last few years that saw those older kids learn the value of that. And now it's just getting everybody to really buy in all the time to those things. One of those returners being Grace Foster. She has taken a huge jump in her role and in production as well. Now in her sophomore season, she's averaging almost 15 points a game and over nine rebounds per game. How important has her jump in production up that la- that leadership ladder, um, so to speak? How has she really progressed into her role this year? Yeah, and I appreciate her. And she sort of deserves some of the success she's had because last spring she really put in a lot of work. Uh, you know, through the summer, even as this year's gone on, she really uh, has valued the opportunity to be a leader. She's still learning even what that even means. You know, coming from uh, Childress High School, she was obviously the best player, uh, you know, on a solid high school team. But uh, she's still learning what it means at this level to to be expected every game to be at her best because a lot of teams are going to come out and do all they can do to distract her, to limit her opportunities and her be able to just continue to play through that, uh, whether she's scoring or not, just knowing that she's going to get attention. So how do we handle that? She's done a great job. Smart, smart young lady, you know, not only intelligent, but has a wisdom about her that's older than her years. So that helps. And she has a perspective on life uh, that goes beyond whether she has a great game or not. So that's helpful. And with it being so young of a team, there's only one senior on the squad this year. Um, Compared to such experienced teams from the recent years, how would you say this group has responded to some of the adversity that you may have faced at this point in the year? Yeah, it's still coming. It's so fun to have a team that we're constantly maybe, we're not going through adversity internally. It's not like there's uh, any internal struggles, but just the performances. And we've just had some games we haven't played very well or uh, stretches of games where we have, we've put ourselves in some binds, and then how do we respond to that? How do we come back the next day? Uh, it, that's the joy of sport and the joy of team. And, uh, you know, really, the, to me, the joy of sports is team. You know, sports themselves aren't that – they sort of can be a, a vapor. I mean, you know, one day you're winning, one day you're not. If you rely on that, you're going to be up and down a lot. But the girls, they, they enjoy each other. So, to me – They've been able to handle some adversity because they're close and they're they're a team, and they just and they also handle adversity because they know, you know, honestly, the game is gonna end. We want to do the best we can, but at the same time, you can't put all your hopes in whether you win or lose a game. Absolutely. 
Coming up, we'll take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll take a look at the last time Coach Gomez and these Lady Shaps were on the floor, and we'll look ahead at what is to come later this week. It's the LCU Coaches Show on 99.1 Shap Radio. 99.1 Shap Radio. This is LCU's student-run station, and you're listening to the LCU Coaches Show. We are joined by head women's basketball coach, Coach Steve Gomez, thank you so much for being here, Coach. And we have Brennan Riker in studio with us now uh, for our second segment of the afternoon or late, e- early <laughs> evening, whatever you want to call it. Um, as we take a quick look at the recent outings for the Lady Shaps coming off a two-game road trip, the Lady Shaps fell to UT Tyler on Thursday the 19th and then lost to number seven ranked Texas women's in Denton on Saturday. Coach, what are some of your initial thoughts uh, coming home from that, those two road trip games? Yeah, a lot of uh, great opportunities to win games. We would just find out on the road against good teams. You can't, you just can't make mistakes. You know, again, at Tyler, we had a lead in the third quarter and just really had some defensive lapses, some poor offensive possessions. And once it gets snowballing, it's sort of sometimes hard to turn that momentum around. And uh, then, you know, on Saturday, then again, uh, we were down 16 in the third quarter, came back and got a lead. And it's just uh, life is difficult on the road. And especially, you know, those are some of the better teams in the region. So I guess what it validated us is if we just play to our level, we can be as good as any team in the region. And we've seen that this year. It's just the, the matter of being steady, you know, four quarter steady. And before we get into the two games specifically, uh, you mentioned kind of life on the road and game prep and seeing things like that. So uh, here on a Monday coming off the road trip, what does the training schedule look like? I know we got some inclement weather potentially this week um, and then game prep process. How does all that all flow out this week? Yeah, now that we're in the good conference, uh, the schedule, the routine of Thursday, Saturday games, Thursday, Saturday. So Sundays are always off. Monday it's usually an afternoon workout, and then the evening we might watch video or, or get a lift in. And so today we watched a lot of video. We watched an hour and a half of video today. And uh, so then tomorrow, no matter what, whether or not we'll practice, we'll have a good workout, uh, get another day of lifting in twice a week, and then we'll start really preparing on uh, Wednesday morning for this next game, which will be Thursday. Yeah, one of the beauties of an indoor sport. You don't have to worry about the snow, <laughs> things like that. In this game against Ty- Tyler uh, last Thursday, final score 69-57. It was a tough fourth quarter, obviously, turned kind of turned the game on its head um, after uh, three competitive quarters. So what were your main takeaways from that period itself and how that kind of affected the turnaround? Yeah, you know, in those games, uh, when you're doing things that put you in a position where you are, you don't want to stop doing those. You know, we stopped defending as well. Obviously, they made some – obviously – Sometimes teams make shots that they were missing earlier in a game, but we gave some opportunities. We didn't defend individually as correctly as we needed to. Uh, but then just offensively, when you know you need a shot to fall, you need a possession to be good, you need to not turn the ball over. And we ended up, I think that night had 25 turnovers, and some of them were just uncharacteristic. And so it was a game where nobody ever really stood up to stop the bad momentum. And it just it snowballs on you. And that was one of those nights that, you know, you get a, a made basket here, a non-turnover here, or just to get a stop, just defend and get a board. And uh, sometimes those happen all in sequence. You know, you look in sports all the time, like when it just doesn't go well and it's hard to figure out what exactly was the one time. 
But we did watch video and we know a lot of it was self-inflicted. You know, none of this was, they're so much better that we just could never win that game. Yeah, and on the offensive end, I mean, it was a rough shooting performance, or at least in that last period. So what are some of your reminders to the team to kind of keep your head up, brush it off, and look forward to a next game? Yeah, you know, always watching, you know, when, sometimes you have a vision of what it was like, but when you actually watch it, you see exactly. So our team was able on Friday to watch the Thursday game and see, yeah, that's fixable, that's fixable, as opposed to it, it's a bad situation when there's, Things that are going on, there's nothing we could have done about. It's like, well, they were just better by that much, and we just aren't good enough. Uh, that's the frustration, too, is knowing, why did we do that? You know, we're better than that. We've done, we haven't done that in the past. Why did we do it today? Uh, so it's always a, a learning process. That's what life is. You're always going, hey, next day, we've got to be better. Yep, and that game led to a pretty competitive game against a very, very good opponent, uh, number seven nationally ranked Texas women's. Uh, final score was 75-69, and it was a big third quarter for the Lady Shaps coming out of halftime to really push them into a legit chance to win. Um, we've seen that quite a bit of times throughout this season, big third quarters going into the second half. Um, how have you seen the team kind of digest what you have to say at halftime and then put it all out on the floor in the third quarter? Yeah, really. Um, so our last two and a half minutes of the second quarter, it was a one-point game. We had bad possessions. It ends up 10 at half. So we're down 10 when it should have been a one-possession game. Uh, so we come out of the half. The first three possessions were just not in sync. We get down 16, all right? So we get a timeout with about eight minutes left. And they just made a, a mental, emotional, together decision that we're not going to let this go the way it did the other day. And, man, we, we shot it well. Obviously, making shots makes a difference, but we defended harder. We did the little things and gave us a chance. And then in the fourth quarter, there's, you know, again, a mistake here, a mistake there. We, we showed perhaps our inexperience at times of, not being together at crucial moments uh, and not making the, the clutch play that we needed. And uh, it'll be there. It'll be there. Yeah, you mentioned inexperience and playing two very, very good teams, the UT Tyler and TWU. They're both at the top of the East Division in the Lone Star Conference. What does it mean for a team to go through those types of performances against those types of teams in a Lone Star Conference? That's one of the best Division II conferences in women's basketball. What does it mean for maybe an inexperienced team to go through struggles like that? Yeah, I mean, I think it in a way, it's, it's at the same time frustrating, at the same time rejuvenating and hopeful because our girls can see this game, you know, against, like you say, a team that's nationally ranked. It, it's a good team. But we can see if we just do what we know what to do, we win that game. I mean, there's no uh, – so it's sort of a confidence booster at the same time. You have to do it. So you can't just talk about what we should have done or what we're going to do. It becomes – doing and so th that's where we're at right now is taking the knowledge and putting it into play at the clutch moment you know doing what you know you should do not what you want to do at that second on defense uh, as opposed to just playing out of your emotions we've got to learn to, to rein that in so 
I, I have a question about the, the, the youth of this team and playing in this league. And we know that this is one of the most competitive leagues in all of NCAA Division II. How have the younger ladies, especially the freshmen, um, really taken in this conference play and responding to, you know, playing on a Thursday and then having to turn around and play on a Saturday? And then obviously we're pretty far deep in conference play. So you've played a lot of a lot of teams and a lot of very good teams. But how have the younger uh, players responded to this league? Yeah, I think it's pretty evident as early on and as time goes by to those kids, those freshmen, that it's not high school. I mean, there's some really good high school teams. There are some really good high school players, but it's just not high school basketball. I mean, it is a high level of play, physical, intense, fast. Decisions have to be made immediately. So, I mean, I think that they're still in that process of learning. I mean, our sophomores are still in that process of learning. You know, oh, yeah, this is different because some of them didn't play much. And so, I mean, I'm hoping our juniors – and our senior are still learning what it takes. So it's sort of shocking, I think, to them. But at the same time, I appreciate the fearlessness that we have. Our freshmen are they're competitors and they're gutsy type kids, you know, all four of them, that they're not going to back down. They don't get, uh, they're not in awe or overwhelmed with the situation. They just sometimes don't know what they don't know. And they'll learn. They, they really will. And they're going to be really good. Speaking of the Lone Star Conference, uh, it is new this year with the East and West Division. So could you explain kind of how the conference tournament might play out for the viewers or listeners who may not be familiar with the two new, new divisions now? Yeah, yeah, you know, that's a good question. You know, there's going to be eight teams in the conference tournament. You know, in the past, uh, I think the winner of each of the divisions, you know, is obviously the first two seeds. And after that, they just go by cumulative record of the top eight teams. And so... Uh, yeah, it, that's going to be incredibly competitive. I probably more so, I, I think, than probably the past four, five, six years uh, have been. Just because this year, every there's been close games everywhere from whoever is supposedly the top team down to supposedly I don't even know who right now has the the worst record. But there's no gimmies, and so the top eight teams are definitely going to be very closely matched, and so that'll be an interesting weekend. And we'll be back with one more uh, here on the LCU Coaches Show. You're tuned in to 99.1 Shap Radio, and we're joined by women's basketball head coach Steve Gomez. We'll be back right after this quick break. You're listening to 99.1 Shap Radio and the LCU Coaches Show, and we're joined by the head coach of the women's basketball program, Steve Gomez. Coach, as we kind of look forward to what is to come this week, um, another road trip on Thursday and Saturday, the Lady Shaps will will head to Wichita Falls uh, for the matchup on Thursday against Midwestern State, and then they'll travel to Lawton, Oklahoma on the 28th to play Cameron. Uh, The last time these two teams played, it was New Year's weekend at the Rip Griffin Center. Um, Have you rewatched any of those games, or is that in the plans for the uh, game prep week to come, or how does the game prep kind of look like for teams you've already played in conference? Yeah, we... uh... I've, so I watched Midwestern uh, the game earlier today because that's our first game. Usually, you know, Coach Self will take one team and Coach Wilson, Casey, our other assistant, takes the other team. So while one of them is getting ready for one game, the other one's getting ready for the other. I'll wait until after our game Thursday night. I'll start thinking about Cameron. I have no idea. I know we played them, but it's it's always all focus 
on what's in front of us as opposed to two games. And so, yeah, watch that game. We'll watch their other games from the last week. Usually watch three or four of their recent games that they've played. And then, you know, tomorrow in practice, begin a little talking about it Wednesday, really get ready. But another another tough road trip. I mean, everywhere we go this year, no matter what, you know, Western New Mexico, Silver City, they've had some great games. They could have beat TWU there. Uh, Eastern New Mexico lost by two to them. So every road game still is going to be a challenge. And we, we need to rise up and win two games this weekend. Yeah, and in those road games, obviously the atmosphere in the stadium is one of the biggest factors, all the crowd noise and things like that, especially with LCU being a program where everyone wants to put their best foot forward against the Shaps and the Lady Shaps. What do you say in the huddle and even before the game to just keep the team focused and locked into what they have to do on the floor? Yeah, a lot of that is just knowing, you know, starting out a game, what what we're going to run these first possessions you know, knowing defensive assignments, what we're going to do on makes or misses and who's guarding whom and uh, just all those little, just focus on the littlest things as opposed to, you know, worrying about the environment or you know, what that person in the stands is doing. Just trying to keep it, you know, control the controllables and, and not worry about where we're playing. You know, obviously we've had success at home, but it's not a magic cord. It's just we just have played good. It's not because of the, the rims or the nets. And the last time the Lady Shaps played these two teams, the senior Whitney Cox was out due to injury. Um, she has been back the last few games, kind of getting into a rhythm. So quickly, how is her recovery process going and where is she standing right now in um, her rhythm and flow right now? Yeah, that's, you know, that senior knowledge is helpful. She, she's one of one of our most intelligent players. You know, she knows what's going on. So even, you know, her not being in she's still been able to observe and, and has a good idea what's happening. It just takes a while from a 10-day a Christmas break coming back with an injury. And so there's another two weeks or so of non-activity. And so and then trying to get back in game shape and game rhythm. You know, it, it hasn't been easy for her and she needs every footstep she can get. You know, some of our inside players aren't the fastest people in the world. So if they're hobbled a little bit, it shows up. And so, you know, this she played a couple minutes in some home games. On Thursday, she played a little bit at Tyler. You know, Saturday didn't play. Uh, so hopefully this weekend will be a weekend to get her back into some some game rhythm because she does a great passer for us and really knows what's going on out there. Quick recap of the last time the Lady Shaps took on Cameron and Midwestern State. We mentioned it on December 30th and January 1st at the Rip. It was a win against Cameron, 85-34, and then a win over Midwestern State, 74-63 for the Lady Shaps. Um, Off the top of your head, you mentioned you watched the uh, first game. Uh, What were some of the things that the team did well and some points of emphasis going into the games this weekend? Yeah, um, we really need to take care of the ball better at the Midwestern game. We we weren't really secure with it, uh, had too many turnovers. So if we can just handle the ball and get shots, I think we'll have a chance to score well. And we need to defend. They've got a good inside player, a couple of kids that shoot the outside shot well. And I, I think we were just really erratic that game. We had a good run. I think we got up uh, in the first half and then had a few plays that just let them back in it. And so then it was just a struggle. So it's just that steadiness that we're still hunting. Uh, of just possession by possession because they're definitely good enough that they would, can, can beat us if we don't play well. And so that's the task for us is to take care of the ball, take the right shot, but defend the ones that can score and don't let them score the way they want to. 
So looking forward kind of towards the end of the year, uh, we have a huge back-to-back matchup that is, I'm sure circled on everybody's calendar as the Lady Shaps take on West Texas A&M to end the regular season on February 23rd and 25th. It'll be the first game in Canyon, followed by the game at the Rip on the 25th to close out the regular season. And so before we get into the rivalry that this is, um, why were those games moved towards the end of the schedule? Just to clarify, uh, making it a back-to-back to kind of just avoid any conflicts and things like that. Yeah, and the original, the conference sets the schedule, you know, the Lone Star Conference office. And so they usually set it up to where uh, you'll play your travel partner somewhere in the middle of the year, like on a weekday, a Tuesday night. Ours was scheduled for a Tuesday uh, in early, late January, early February, I think. But that was going to be like a five-game stretch of a Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And the coaches from both teams thought, that's sort of heavy, especially coming back from a road trip. We'd have had three home games in a row, but still it's uh, a little bit difficult. So we decided to move that one to the open date, which was the last Saturday of the season, which put them back-to-back, which is fine. Uh, it, you know, In a way, you can prepare for one team twice, and it, it takes a little of that week's preparation away. Uh, but it also, you know, uh, sometimes it's interesting to see how you play a team and then turn around and play them again. Uh, sort of like baseball doubleheaders or something. And so uh, it was just the best for the teams and the best for uh, saving the legs in the middle of the conference season. And it makes it fun for the viewer. We'll be uh, in Canyon bringing you the first game of that more or less doubleheader back-to-back here on the Shap Radio Sports Network. And then, of course, back at the Rip, we'll bring you the broadcast for that 25th game in February as well. So a quick uh, look at anything else you might want to mention on today's program, Coach? Well, just appreciate all that's going on on campus. Such a great place. You know, a lot of the sports are starting uh, back up, you know, with tennis and the track teams going and, you know, golfers are back and baseball, softball. So there's so much activity Master Follies is coming up, so I know there's so much uh, action. And we just would love to have people come watch us play when we're home. Uh, but also remember, you know, in the big picture, sports aren't the biggest deal in the world, but it sure is fun. And I love teams. I love my team right now. Well, it's a big home game coming up. The next time the Lady Shaps are at the rip, it'll be February 2nd, a Thursday matchup with the Ram Bells of Angelo State. It was a dramatic finish the last time Lady Shaps took on those Ram Bells. Uh, before we sign off quickly, Coach, have you, I mean, you probably haven't looked too deep into that one, but um, maybe give a word of encouragement to the listeners to really make sure they're at the Angelo State game because that is surely going to be an exciting one. Yeah, it's been uh, just being home has always been fun for us, and we appreciate the the, the community of support uh, you know, outside LCU students, but it would be great to get as many LCU people at that game as possible because, again, another vital game in our march to the end of the season. Coach, thank you so much for your time here on the LCU Coaches Show, and best of luck this weekend. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate you. That was the women's basketball head coach, Steve Gomez. And coming up next, we will have the head coach of the men's team, Todd Duncan, right here on the LCU Coaches Show. You're listening to 99.1 Shep Radio. 99.1 Shep Radio. We're back with the LCU Coaches Show. This is Brennan Riker joined by Nathan Carcino. We just wrapped up our segment with head women's basketball coach Steve Gomez. We're now joined by head men's basketball coach Todd Duncan. Coach, how are you today? I'm doing great, guys. Great to be with you. 
Absolutely. Thank you for being a part of the first episode of the LCU Coaches Show. Now, Coach, let's start about talking about the season overall in general. Uh, team is 12-6 and six right now, 8-4 and four in conference play. In what ways have you seen the team grow since the start of the season? Well, I think uh, when you have a lot of new faces, growth is hopefully inevitable, and you're just going to have some some growing pains early on, and you just hope you can maybe still get some wins out of those, uh, which I thought early on we were able to uh, overcome some of those things just with some of our players that have more experience. And then you just seen the growth of the younger players, uh, the connectivity of our team, and uh, you get into conference play, you know, you can play well and still lose in this league. So it doesn't always equate to winning and losing, but I think overall our team is understanding just how um, competitive this level is, how deep our league is, how there can't be any nights off. We've stubbed our toe a few times and learned that lesson the hard way. We've also been really locked in and focused and had some really good wins. So uh, it's just how much can you grow and how quickly can you do it? Because really we're all just trying to speed up that maturation process and uh, it's been a very enjoyable group to be with um, on the floor, off the floor, on the road, hotels, restaurants, meetings, just hanging out. It's a great group of guys. So uh, it's been enjoyable. And obviously winning affects that to some degree. But uh, I always say you want a team you can lose with, meaning you go in there and after a tough game where it doesn't turn out your way, you're you're still excited and, and have great uh, love and like for your group. And uh, that's been this team. If you could name one similarity between this year's squad and last year's squad, what would it be? Um, I think first word that comes to my mind is just expectation. Uh, regardless of who's out there on the floor, I think we've tried. We've at least set a standard in our own minds that you know we're our goal is to be an elite program at this level, and that comes with certain expectations on the floor, off the floor. Um, in the classroom, et cetera. And so the faces may change, but the expectations don't. So that would be the word that I would say um, has has been a connective thread through both years. Now let's get into some individual performances. Leading the way this season is junior guard Rowan McKenzie, averaging 19.4 points, 6.5 rebounds, uh, was just named to the Bevo Francis Award Top 100 this past week. How impactful has his leadership been so far this season? Yeah, I don't think it can be overstated. Uh, you know, our top returning scorer from last year, one of the few starters back, um, a lot of new faces. He goes from being maybe our third or fourth option to being our first option. He's on everyone's scouting report. He's getting everyone's best um, game plan and defense. Um, the DBU coaches after the game said, you know, Rowan's as good as any player that's played in that league, which is high praise because they had Chandler Jacobs, one of the best players that I've ever gone against. Obviously, Parker, LD, um, some of the guys that WT's had through the years, just kind of guys who stand out as like really dynamic game changers. And uh, he's been huge for us on the court off. He's taken on kind of a coach on the floor role. I know in the locker room, the conversations he's having with the players are are showing tremendous leadership. And anytime you, as a coach, can have players like that on your team, it gives you some confidence and trust that the message is is getting home. So uh, 
obviously the stats and the things that you said have affected winning on the court, but I think it's the, the things off the floor that have been just as impactful. Another guy who I've been really impressed with this year, Aaron Gonzalez, a guy who's very versatile on both sides of the floor, and it seems like he plays a lot more mature than what his age may suggest. How reliable has he been in just his sophomore year for you this year? Yeah, when Aaron came in last year playing on that team with all the experience and uh, finding a small role but was impactful, uh, we, we needed him to step up. And he's just, I call him just Mr. Dependable. Like he may, he's going to hit big shots. He's just going to do anything you ask him to do to the very best of his ability. And really that's what you ask of every player. Um, there's games he's he's scored and that's been impactful. There's games he's just really uh, locked in defensively. Um, he's crashed and got us offensive rebounds, second possession, you know, uh, that have really been the difference in a three or four point game, you know, that one extra possession. So, and then off the floor, He's always asking the right questions that just lets you know, uh, you know, he's totally team. I don't think he has any agenda other than whatever the coaches want or whatever my team needs. He really doesn't have an ego. He's tough as nails. Uh, he shows up. He's an everyday guy. I like to call him just you, you never have to wonder what you're going to get from Aaron. He's going to be there, and he's going to give you his absolute best. He's a stud in the weight room in terms of just his effort. He's an example on the court, but he's kind of quiet in how he leads. And, uh, you know, take a dozen of Aaron Gonzalez-type guys. Mm -hmm. Who is another player that you have seen improve the most as far as production or facilitation on the court? Well, a couple guys, Najib, Kurt. Uh, KJ's had some big games, um, not necessarily on the stat sheet, but just in terms of coming in and making an impact. Uh, obviously, Russell Harrison scores it, so he kind of gets his recognition from from that. But I think behind the scenes, maybe Kurt Najib are, are impactful players. We've kind of been bit by the injury bug a little bit and just um, trying to just kind of scramble for rotations and different uh, lineups and just kind of just had to piecemeal some games together, not knowing what we're going to get. And... Uh, all those guys at different times have had impactful games. It'd be hard to just mention one, but I think collectively those three or four guys that I mentioned have, have really done a good job. Kendall Dow had a great game at UTPB, 18 points. Um, so I just think finding that consistency with all those guys is the key. And uh, I always joke, I said, if my car starts 50% of the time, and it's not a good car. <laughs> uh, so we're trying to get consistency out of our performance, really. And obviously, that's what every player, performer wants. We see it at the highest level. You can't just turn it on and off. Um, the other team has good players, too. They have a scouting report. They're, they're trying to stop us. So we don't always – we can't always control our performance or rarely can we control it. So then it just comes down to is our preparation as good as it can be? Are we, are we having great workouts? Are we locked in? Are we connected? Are we all on the same page? And that's really, to me, the art of coaching – the plays, whatever you do, will work or not work based on those other things that go on kind of between the ears and uh, just in the maturity and desire that the players possess when they show up each day to go to work. One more question before we go to break. Uh, let's talk about the Lone Star Conference in general. We know that this is a tough conference and one of the most competitive conferences in all of NCAA Division Two. What has surprised you the most 
about the conference looking at this year's uh, teams? Well, I would say in the past, like even last year, we we um, lost to a team that was near the bottom, and we were number one in the country for a while. Uh, this year, I don't think there is a team that can't, can't beat another team on any given night. That would be the biggest – and I've never thought our league had a bottom, so to speak, where there's a game or two that you just are going to win if you show up. I've never felt like that, and men's basketball was the case. I think it's even spread out more this year where um, you just see some scores. You know, Western comes into our place and beats us. Uh, that's why these these games are so important because you can put yourself in or out of this. Uh, and then we go and win it. UT Tyler, who hadn't lost at home, beat DBU at home, who's very hard to win there. Um, I just think you got to win those close games. And that usually – there's probably about 8 to 12 games each year that are going to come down to two or three possessions. And how you fare in those games is really going to determine if you have a, a special season or a cute season that just kind of gets you close to where you want to be but not quite over the threshold. So um, – that's why the message is the same. You know, these, these games all matter. Our preparation matters. The practices matter. Um, and they're 18 to 22-year-old kids. And what's in their headspace? Who's in their ear? What's affecting their performance? You know, it's, uh, it's, it's not an exact science, that's for sure. We'll get into more about LCU's performances in the past couple weeks and looking forward to the upcoming week for LCU basketball. This is the LCU Coaches Show right here on 99.1 SHAP Radio. We're back here with the LCU Coaches Show with head coach Todd Duncan talking about the Chaparrales this season. The Chaps are coming off a weekend where LCU won two games on the road. Before we get into those games, can you explain to our listeners just how tough life is on the road in this league? Yeah, it's tough in the sense that Every game's a dog fight. We just call them we have 22 fist fights or whatever. It's just uh, there's so much familiarity. Um, you see it all across sports, whether it's NFL, NBA, obviously college basketball, college football. Once you get in your league, uh, you know, the stakes are higher. You know, on the road is tough, regardless of what sports you're playing. Basketball, it just seems to have the home court seems to be more of an impact. And so – there are elements about it. You're kind of isolated. You're just together. There's some ways you can focus a little better. Um, you're in a hotel. You're eating all your meals out. Um, you know, we're getting to play basketball, so I don't want to act like, you know, we're splitting the atom or doing something too fantastic. But it's it's competitive and it's hard, and these teams are good. Um, that being said, uh, that's why I think it, the more focused you are, the more together you are, the more locked in, the just the better advantage you have. And I think there's a lot of parity in our league. Um, kind of going back to what I said earlier, just there's just a handful of games that are so close and so competitive. You need to try to win as many of those close ones as you can and, and find a way. Whether you're playing at your best, you get good calls, bad calls. You know, everybody's going through something this time of year, whether it's injuries, adversity. You know, we're all uh, have families. I mean, it's just part of life. So the more you can just be focused on, you know, be where your feet are is what we say. You know, when when we're doing this, we need to be all in on this. Uh, so I just think it's the margin's small already. It's hard to win at home, too. Uh, there are some things that make being on the road a little easier, but there's equal challenges as well. Just 
um, the season gets long and you just kind of have to keep your mental and emotional tank full as you can so that you have the energy to give whatever it's going to take when the games are ready. Coming into this past weekend, team was coming off that uh, home loss that we mentioned to Western New Mexico, 76 to 67. What was the mindset coming off that loss and knowing that you were about to start a four game road stretch uh, starting on Thursday? Yeah, and I'll just tell you, like, I I don't even look ahead to know what the next games are. I mean, I know now who we're playing Thursday and Saturday, and I could maybe give a good guess just because I've looked at our schedule, but I truly try to stay just completely focused on what we're doing. For one, you look too far ahead and you, you're not giving your attention to the task at hand. And two, it just kind of creates a negative spiral of, dang, if we don't get this one, now we got to go this one and then this one and then this one, and you just your mind just kind of – naturally flows to worst case scenario so it's just like it's really comes down to this possession this practice this game I know coach Gomez and I talk a lot it's like just let's have a good practice today let's let's control what we can control uh, obviously we're disappointed I thought I thought our approach to that I give Western credit but I also thought our approach to the game was uh, I always say you can either show up to play a game or show up to win a game. I thought we showed up to play. We missed three one-and-ones late in the second half. We missed a handful of layups. If any of those things are different, we probably win that game and in some ways maybe uh, don't get what we deserve. Um, but I think it helped. I think the, res- the results show kind of the resolve that we had after um, – you know, we could have lost either one of those games this week, but I still think our preparation this week was really good. When you show the video, you you communicate some things, you talk about our standard and our expectations, the guys start to see like, you know, we're better than this. Maybe we're not, but we all believed we were. And now we get a chance to prove it playing two really high quality teams on their floor, um, on the you know, with all the things that we mentioned going into a road trip. And there's a sense of urgency. And you got to have that after you win or lose. You can't just pat yourself on the back and celebrate too long. We just kind of say, you know, we're going to get one good meal after a win, and then it's we're on to the next thing. So we definitely want to celebrate those things because they are difficult to achieve, and these guys put so much effort and energy. And I just think that locker room Saturday afternoon was a great indication of just kind of the relief those guys felt of putting in that time and that effort without really – any guarantee that it's going to pay off. You could still do all that and lose. But you still, if you don't do that, then you're guaranteed to lose. So that's, I I appreciate the courage to invest um, just in the process is really what we want. Before we get into these last two games in particular, you mentioned them being big road wins, especially where you were playing in Tyler and in Dallas. Um, How do the atmospheres of those road games kind of, grow the team in terms of like um, being able to deal with that adversity in terms of the crowd and the noise and the unfamiliar situation? How do those help the team in the long run towards maybe a thing like a conference championship or anything beyond that? Yeah, I just think you're building up some resolve. You're building up some togetherness, some uh, there's probably camaraderie. I don't know what the best word would be. I mean, these guys are together so much. Um, that's why it's important that we get along. We like each other. We, we're pulling for each other. Um, but I, I do think when you're having all those meals together, you're staying together, you're in the bus together, 
um, it can go one of two ways. You can kind of roll your eyes and get tired of each other, or you can just build that brotherhood and, and that bond and embrace those moments. And that's what these guys have done. And really, um, we, we haven't had any teams here that where we were, we didn't have that. And so that's really cool. We had some former players at our game at DBU, um, celebrating with us, supporting us, all those things just to me, build kind of this brotherhood. You know, the final score means a lot on that day, but really it's the experience, it's the relationships. Those are the things that endure long after the, the scoreboard's been turned off, the basketball's put away, and, and you're moving on to your life. So that that's what makes me most proud as a coach when I can see former players connecting with current players, them still being so proud of our program and wanting to support it. And, uh, you know, when you're on the road uh, – it's it's kind of us against them, you know. We were we were fortunate to have a lot of support there on both games, um, but you do feel kind of like it's us against them. And and uh, when you're at home, you can't lose that edge either, just because you have maybe a home court advantage too. So there's some learning from both perspectives. Now getting into this past weekend, we start with UT Tyler on Thursday, which was a 58 to 48 win for the Chaps. LCU's defense allowed only 12 points in the first half, held Tyler to 28% shooting from the field, 20% from beyond the arc. Uh, Russell Harrison and Aaron Gonzalez combined for 30 points. Um, Focusing on the defense, how was the defense able to shut down Tyler on Thursday? Well, just it goes back to a great week of prep. You know, we're, I mean, they had some off shooting night. They had an off shooting night. And I think we had something to do with it. Um, it's hard to know exactly where where the line is on all of that. But we had a great week of preparation, like we said, coming off last week. And we were locked in. And we knew, like, the, how big the stakes were. And I said, you know, defense is one thing that doesn't have a home court advantage. You go on the floor. Defensively, you can travel. You, you know, you're not in familiar surroundings. Shots may or may not go, but we can hang our hat on defense. And so going in at halftime, we knew they were going to make a run. We knew, you know, the teams don't typically do that for 40 minutes. So you might do it for 20. We also always say the least important thing in sports is the score at halftime. So let's uh, don't get too high, too low. We still got 20 minutes. We came in for a 40-minute fight. That's what we've expected. That also helped us in the DBU game when we had the same similar lead and kind of saw it whittled down and, and even us get behind. Just it's a 40-minute fight. Um, I told the guys at halftime at UT Tyler, you know, if they if we had signed up for a 15-point lead at half, we'd have taken it. Um, we weren't real happy at even how the half ended. I think they went on a little bit of a run there. So uh, it's just about, like, we're consistent in that message of each possession matters, um, and we continue to preach that. And that's when you appreciate the guys for buying in and, and staying with you. And then final question before we go to break. Uh, on Saturday, travel to the Berg Center in Dallas and play DBU, a team that LCU hadn't beat since 2018. And you come out on top 73-69. to 69. Um, They didn't score a bucket in the final three, 46 of that game. Uh, LCU ends the game on a 10-0 run. And Ron McKenzie picks up his third double-double of the season. Uh, what impressed you the most about that performance? Well, I think we had to – one, we hadn't played there since 2019. So I don't know that any of those guys – most of our players hadn't even played there. So they weren't necessarily a part of any – our team hadn't even played there since then. So 
you know, we we knew the narrative that, you know, it's a tough place to win. We haven't won there. DBU is coming off a couple of tough losses. Both teams have a, a sense of desperation and urgency. And uh, I think it kept us locked in and focused, kind of which is, it was, it, to me, an asset to us that we kind of had that narrative going in because I think our guys stayed focused. I think they wanted to build on what they had done Thursday. We also knew that we'd put together some good performances on Thursday and and then kind of had a letdown on Saturday. Going back to my consistency analogy, you know, the good teams are consistent and they, they find ways even if they're not playing at their best. And uh, we got off to the lead and, and we gave it back. I mean, they earned it back. They were hitting tough shots. And I just thought, you know, this is going to be a good test. This Anytime you struggle with something, I feel like the only way to get over it is to go through it and, and, and show yourself that you can do it. And I said, guys, this is perfect. We're going to have to get hit free throws. We're going to have to get stops. We're going to have to have answers on the road. We're going to maybe have to endure a tough call or a bad break. Kurt fouled out. Russ had four. They're on a run. Their crowd's into it. They're a good team. I mean, they have five of their top seven from last year that made it to the NCAA tournament. They don't lose very often at home. And we answered each one of those. And it was kind of the – if you could draw it up that way, you probably wouldn't because of what you have to endure to get there. But in hindsight, it was perfect scenario for our team to have to follow, to go through, to grow, and hopefully, like you said, prepare us for something down the road. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll preview the upcoming week for LCU next on 99.1 SHAP Radio. This is the LCU Coaches Show. We're with head men's basketball coach Todd Duncan. We just talked about uh, this past weekend for the Shaps. Now we're looking ahead, probably not too far ahead like you talk about, mm-hmm. taking it one game at a time. But this week, LCU travels as they'll play West Division foes Midwestern State in Wichita Falls on Thursday in Cameron and Lawton, Oklahoma on Saturday. Uh, starting with his upcoming game on Thursday against MSU, uh, this was the team that got the best of LCU uh, on January 1st here in Lubbock. Uh, LCU fell 71-65. What did the Mustangs do in that game to lead them in a win over the Shaps? Well, they kind of hung around and just uh, put themselves in a position to win it at the end, really. Uh, I thought we had some opportunities to maybe put them away, and uh, they hit timely shots. I mean, they, they kind of did what we did Saturday. They they had an answer on the road, and, uh, you know, I respect that as a coach. I know how hard that is. Obviously didn't like that, but they're a good team, and I think uh, the margin is minuscule. And I really believe that there might be a team or two that's an outlier that can maybe not have not be as prepared or not be as locked in and still win against a certain team. But it's not us. So uh, I just hope that when we go up there, we'll uh, have a sense of urgency again. I hope we'll perform up to our abilities. That's what starts today in practice or, you know, uh, just getting ready for for going down there and having a good performance. They uh, play a lot of zone. They switch their defenses up, too. So they're not a style that you see a lot, so they cause some problems in that. And then they just have really good players. They have some length and size inside, I think, that took advantage of us a little bit on the backboard. And we're so dependent on Rowan Russ having big games um, that we've kind of put a lot of pressure on them. to, You know, we need them to be at their best, and we need to have some guys like Aaron Curt, Najib, et cetera, help us out. Um, their bench performed really well when they were here, too, and, and we've got to get 
uh, more production off ours. So all that will lead to a good performance for us Thursday. Especially against uh, a team like MSU where it's almost like a rematch. How much are you maybe watching that game from New Year's Day or what does the normal game prep process look like starting now on this Monday heading into the rest of the week? Yeah, so today it'll be more uh, about us in terms of reviewing the weekend, areas of, we just call it the kind of the good, the bad, and ugly, you know, where we were good, where we need to get better, and then some things we just need to avoid altogether. Um, obviously, the result makes kind of that process a little easier, um, but then it the attention quickly turns to what's next, and uh, yeah, we'll definitely be watching that game. We'll, you know, they're going to make adjustments, we're going to make adjustments, at some point, you know, you also just have to be who you are and just try to be a better version of that. Don't uh, totally uh, try to create a new identity because at this point, you know, your team is kind of what they are. It's just uh, what can we do to best um, set ourselves up for success on Thursday night? They're coming off a loss. Um, their coach wasn't, you know, Saturday listening to his comments. You know, he felt like they didn't come in ready. So probably all of us are in the same boat in terms of just battling the same things and trying to get the most out of your players. Um, you talk about New Year's Day, that game. You know, the night before that is New Year's Eve. They're on the road to play us, so they've kind of got their guys in a controlled setting where, you know, and I think our guys manage that well. I don't, I'm not implying anything other than, than just sometimes that can be the difference, just your prep, your, your sleep, uh, your hydration, we, you know, we we know that those guys probably get tired of us saying that stuff, but there's a reason the best are the best for a reason. And, uh, you know, you just want to create the most good habits you can to give yourselves the best chance. If you lose, you lose, but let's make sure it wasn't because we didn't do something we could have done. And then looking at uh, Saturday's match, like I said, not not to look too far ahead into the future, but when you talk about the Aggies, uh, last time out on December 30th, right before that January 1st game against Midwestern State, take care of business, beating them 85-61 at home. Um, the Aggies just snapped a 13-game losing streak this past weekend, 77-60 to win over Oklahoma Christian on the 19th, then beat Arkansas Fort Smith on Saturday, 84-72. Uh, they'll have to play West Texas A&M before they play LCU on Saturday. Um, have you looked into the Aggies' wins this past weekend? And if so, what made them successful this past weekend? Yeah, I haven't had a chance to watch the tape, but I have, yeah, obviously aware of their success. They beat two good teams, too, and they beat them by pretty good margins. You know, you just mentioned those scores. You know, we battled with Oklahoma Christian here. Like, we were fortunate to win that game in overtime or maybe, yeah, yeah, overtime missed a shot to, to send it into OT and then Russell hit that big shot. Mm -hmm. So we know how quality those those wins are for that team. They're, they have a new coach. So kind of some of the things we talked about is how we're growing as a team. I think they're starting to pick up some confidence. They've been close. Uh, they lost to DBU at DBU by two, four, maybe had even a shot to win that. So – there's not the records kind of go out the window for us. I think some of those things set up an illusion like, man, they're struggling or they're hot. I mean, it, it really just comes down to, to what team shows up on that day to play. But we know their coach. He was LD, uh, Lloyd Daniels, coach in junior college. So when we recruited Lloyd, we got to know him. And we've we known him before that even. So uh, we have a lot of respect. We knew when we played him here, we, we played really well. 
and it'll be a different animal when we go down there to play them. Obviously, they will have played WT, and we will have played Midwestern. So we'll both be coming off games that we have short turnarounds for, and we're going to have to be at our best. Uh, last year, we went there, and and uh, they played a great game and upset us, I think, maybe in overtime. So uh, we we have total respect for how good you know they will be and how prepared we'll have to be. And talking about traveling, um, there is expectation for snow coming through early this week. Has there been any talks on how this incoming weather could affect travel, or will things be okay in time for Thursday? Yeah, I think they will be. Right now, there's we're just keeping an eye on it, but we're not. We don't have a contingency plan, to be honest. I think uh, it's maybe supposed to get a little uh, maybe testy tomorrow. We'll see if it if it fulfills what they're predicting. Um, but I think by Thursday, the sun will be up and we'll be able to get there and, and play the game. But this time of year, you just kind of got to be prepared for whatever. Um, we've kind of outlasted COVID, so I think whatever the weather throws at us, we're, we're ready to adjust and, and we'll be ready to go, Lord willing, on Thursday. Before we sign off, is there anything you would like to add in conclusions in conclusion of today's program? Yeah, I would just say it's great to be on a coach's show. It's great to be at LCU and coach this group of guys. Thank you for your investment in our program and and also your futures as um, maybe potential broadcasters or um, somewhere in the uh, multimedia market, whatever that would look like. Um, And I'm thankful for a group of young men and to be at a school that supports our program in such a way. And and I hope all the students and fans that are listening will continue to support our teams as we come back. And uh, both programs love playing at the rip. We love the band, the cheerleaders, the support from you guys. And we just need the student body to come out and support us. And if there's anything we can do to to support our our university, we want to be on on that side of serving as well. So uh, just thank you guys for having me and look forward to talking again soon. Absolutely. We love the support everyone has for each other here at LC. A lot of support for both basketball programs respectively. And we've had a lot of support here at Shap Radio from the fans in the university. And we appreciate everything that they have done for us. Well, Coach, thank you for joining us today for the first episode of the Coaches Show and good luck this weekend. Yeah, thanks guys. You can catch us again next week at the same time with another edition of the LCU Coaches Show. You're listening to 99.1 Shap Radio. Good night from Lubbock. Thanks for listening to LCU's podcast. For more content like this, go to lcu.edu.